Greetings, nerds. This is Sina Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont. And with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Polk. How are you doing tonight, Will? Doing very well. Happy May, May the 4th to you. Feels weird that it's May 4th because the space shows that we've been talking about ended mm-hmm. like two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just it, like, where was the timing on this, guys? <laughs> well, to be fair... Even though I haven't watched it yet, Star Wars did drop uh, Vision Season 2 today. So there is a space show what, going on right now, but I haven't had a chance to watch um, any of the episodes yet. Even though I did, uh, right before recording, I did watch an episode of Rebels. <laughs> did you watch Season 1 of Visions? I did. I did. Okay. It was, um, yeah, I mean, uh, some of them were better than others as far as the the animation and... Um, stories and stuff you know it's more like an anthology so mm-hmm. and um and you know and it's a lot of this international studios you know there's anime and different art forms and stuff and and also i i really i, I enjoyed the ones that watched I, I don't think i've watched them all but uh but i have I've, 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 you know this the ones i did watch i, I liked it's sort of like, yeah, it's sort of like Tales of the Jedi. Well, Tales of the Jedi did just like blow through because it was only like six of them, I think. And they were like 15 minutes each. Um, and I think the um, visions were, one, at least season one, they were like that too, very short. But how many were there? Uh, I think it was either six or nine. I can't recall right now. Um, right off the top of my head. But yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was less than 10, I think. Okay. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Well, yeah. one thing that I know you haven't watched is Dune, the full <laughs> Dune, because you apparently fell asleep. And, like, as soon as you told me that and reminded me about that, I was like, okay. It transported me back to when I watched Dune, because I sat through that whole fucking movie. Um, that movie just makes me mad, because, honestly, I fell asleep during probably the best part, because the ending <laughs> is the best part of the movie. But the ending also just makes me upset because I'm just like, you've just started the movie mm-hmm. and it's ended. And now yeah. we have to wait. But now we have Dune 2 coming. Um, and both of us have watched the Dune 2, Dune 2 trailer. Yep. Um, and it looks it looks like a sequel. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> it looks like it's going to have. Very complex, multiple narratives, expanding, building this universe. And I'm not going to understand 50% of it. And then I'm just going to be sitting there and watching sand for the other 50%. One thing I will say, I did not realize or remember that Florence Pugh is in the sequel. I didn't remember. I forgot that too, uh, that she was in it. And also Austin Butler. I didn't realize he was in the sequel either. I didn't, but I felt like I heard that um, come up a few times during Oscar talk. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I wasn't as like, oh my god, I can't believe he's no. And also, until you know he's in it, you can't really tell because right. um, visually, his he he doesn't look like Austin Butler. Um, Unless you're like freeze framing on everything, yeah. <laughs> but it's a very well done trailer. I think yeah. the trailer for the original movie, or not the original, but for the Dune um, from a few years ago, was a very good trailer. 
I just hesitate um, thinking that this is going to like hesitate with my expectations being high just because I watched the full movie and I, I am so, I'm still so mad at just the pacing of it. It was, yeah. it was so boring at parts. Um, however, um, I love the director. The mm-hmm. cinematography was great. There are yeah. images from that movie that I still can conjure up in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, um, I'm curious, but I'm also very like, okay, we'll see if you surpassed the first one, which won't, wouldn't be hard. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and, and to, I think, I don't know, maybe if I had seen, saw, if I saw the original one in the theater, maybe I would have like, no, I don't think so. I mean, I, I would have been. I think the well, I will say if I had the original in the the second, well, I guess not the original because that was from the '80s. But mm-hmm. with Denny's version, visually, I think it definitely is a film that you need to see on the big screen. And we talked about that before, um, during the pandemic when we watched it. Yeah. Um And 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 so from a visual standpoint, yes. I mean, this second trailer. You're right. Cinematography, everything about it, it you know, very action. The, the sequence with him riding the sand monster and stuff. Great. Like if you're going to like tease a film with a lot of sand, this is how you do it. <laughs> so, so from that standpoint, yeah, I, yeah, it, it's like, okay, this looks, this, 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 this looks like it's more action packed, but then again, I, I, Dune is one of those, property ips that i think people either like it or you don't like it i don't think there's there's really no middle with it at all it's a lot of lore it is a lot of lore and exposition with Mm -hmm. like it's trying to take game of thrones lore level Mm -hmm. and condense it down into like a three-hour movie yeah that's a 10 episode tv show per season yeah yeah (laughs) It's it's really hard to, and I think this is why fantasy movies are um, that genre. Mm. Either they hit or they miss, um, just because they're trying to set up a world where you care about all these lines, and underneath the world is all of the politics. Yeah. Um, and I remember watching the first one. And trying to follow the politics, but still not really understanding because they're, the writers do ch- attempt to try to not, like, have clear exposition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, you know, we need an exposition dump, but you don't want one because exposition dumps are stupid. Yep. <laughs> it's just, like, so hard. They're not entertaining. Um I did get a lot of gladiator vibes from yes, this trailer, that, which I did yeah. not get from the first one. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That, that that there was definitely that influence there for sure. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah but you know, I, 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 yeah, like I said, if I, I'll, I'll probably go see it while it's in the theater. Definitely, you know, it's not one I'm gonna rush out on opening weekend, but um, uh, I will try to, you know. I've, I have, I have, I'll try to 
watch the first one again maybe just break it up in chunks instead of try because i know i can't like <laughs> do it in one setting uh and and then when i go see the second one uh just make sure i've i've taken a nap earlier earlier in the day yeah you could definitely break that movie up into chunks there is like three clear yeah. parts yeah um and about three endings so like don't be surprised when you're just like man this last part is really nope still going still yeah. going <laughs> <laughs> not there uh, every time you think it's over it's not it's not over <laughs> you're just like man are you gonna save nope they're not saving anything for the second because they have like four other families to introduce and whatever and yeah i don't know yeah. so all right well um yeah the other big thing is we have an update on the writers guild strike and will why don't you take yeah. it from there yeah so uh, of course we, we talked about the uh pen incoming strike uh, a couple weeks ago where it was where the right the Writers Guild and the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers were in, in negotiations back and forth. A lot of closed door negotiation because they didn't want to um, you know, put everything out in the public domain. But of course, uh, we did get to the uh, end of end of April and there was no agreement. And so midnight uh, uh, well, midnight Monday, the Writers Guild did go on strike after they had their overwhelming authorization uh, vote to do so uh, that was done in, in late April. And so just a quick, I mean, I won't get into too much of the details as far as you know, what the writers want, but I mean, basically what it boils down to is uh, the last writer strike was in 2007, 2008, lasted 100 days. And, and really a lot of the unresolved issues from that, especially as new media, as far as streaming, internet productions, and those kind of things, um, kind of it blew up now um, and, and led to this current strike because, in many cases, you know, like any work stoppage, it usually comes down to benefits, money, as far um, as far as pay, uh, how writers' rooms are set up, uh, and you know, of course, the studios trying to get as much bang of, you know, out of what little buck they will pay to the writers. Uh, and, uh, and because of the way with the new media and the way that television has changed from the, where just even just a few years ago where we had shows that were, went 20 plus episodes per season. Now a season could only be, you know, six to eight or, or 10 episodes uh, on, on streaming platforms and the compensation model uh, does didn't reflect that. So that plus um, there was a lot of discussion about, you know, AI as far as chat GPT and other um, you know, AI pro programs used to, to writing. There was you know, the, the writer skill was very concerned about some of the parameters with that. And so uh, all those things came to a head um and they they staged a walkout uh the producers did come back today with a big statement as far as you know explaining their side of the positions as far as compensation and uh then um also with the ai issue they're like look there are a lot of legal and creative issues that go into this and 
and writers maybe should be free to be able to use AI, but then there's a whole issue of like, you can't copyright things that are generated from AI. And, and also uh, how you would give the, the writing credit for uh, something that was utilized you, you know, for you, utilizing AI uh, to, to maybe help rewrite a script or, or those kind of things. So, uh, so yeah, it's just um, hope it seems like there's, no, you know, the the Writers Guild is definitely locked in and uh, has a lot of support from the you know, SAG, the Screen Actors Guild and uh, Directors Guild. Uh, their their contract it goes through both of those organizations contracts go through June 30. So uh, we could potentially if things don't work out uh, with their contracts with the uh, AMPTP. Uh, it's possible that we could have multiple entities um, having having work stoppages. Um, but how does that how does that impact us as far as the viewers? Well, um, several several shows of like are that are in production right now, uh, like for example, House of the Dragon and uh, Rings of Power. So Rings of Power today note, noted that since they're in the UK. And uh, even though they're, you know, the members of the Writers Guild, uh, as far as their showrunners, aren't writing anymore, they only have like only a little over two weeks of production time left. So they can, they're they're planning on just finishing out the production. Uh, House of the Dragon is again in production right now, and they're like, no issues. We're going to drive on and do our do our production. But the thing about that is because the writers are on strike. Um, if you have to do rewrites, we're, you know, guild writers can't, can't do those rewrites. So, um, you know, so it's definitely going to impact things that are in production right now. And then of course, things that he haven't even started production, you know, it could definitely push them into Marvel projects back. Um, assuming that if the strike, you know, goes for, for many days, uh, but also, like with Marvel, we have Daredevil and uh, Wonder Man that are in production right now. So, again, if they're seeing that a scene's not working and they need to do a rewrite, can't do it. Well, they can do it, but it's, you know, it's not going to be some, you know, it can't be someone from a writer's guild. And there's been a lot of articles about, like, the last time there was a strike, there was the uh, James Bond movie, Quantum of Solace, that mm-hmm. uh, that had this issue come up where there was the writer's strike. And uh, Daniel Craig and the director famously had to rewrite scenes and stuff. And I think you could probably, if you've ever seen that movie, you could probably tell where, where you know, it was kind of a mismatch of, of, of themes and, and, and whatnot. So, so it, uh, yeah, so it, it, even though things may be in production and driving on, but if they have, if they're seeing that a scene's not working or something like that, they can't go back to the writer's room and say, hey, let's fix this. You know, there's right. going to have to be people there on site, which... You know, uh, I, I speaking of space shows that we were talking about earlier back in the 2007, no, the, the um, late 80s writer strike uh, with Star Trek The Next Generation. There was season two. There was a writer strike during that season. And um, and you could definitely tell in those shows at the end, um, even to the point where they had to do a bottle show with just using clips from prior episodes just to, to fill, fulfill the season allotment. Uh, so. You know, so just because things are in production uh, doesn't necessarily mean that they're not going to get impacted by the strike. Man, 
can't believe it's only been since 2007 because I've watched a lot of TV over the last like decade or so since then. And there's a lot of times where I'm just thinking to myself, what is a writer strike happening? <laughs> this is trash. Yeah. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> or, I mean, on a positive, like those shows that are poorly written, they're like relieved because they're like, yeah. now we have an excuse. There's a writer strike. Yeah. I mean, and you know, sometimes delays, like good things happen where, where, um maybe a writer has a writer's block they go on strike and then they come back and suddenly they know exactly how to finish telling a story yeah um so so we'll see what happens um and how it gets affected we've been talking about this a few weeks ago i think even off air where it's just like there it's not something you're gonna see instantly um, but the longer it goes on, then you'll start to s- start to notice the effects. And um, as you we were saying, especially with things that are either just starting production, haven't finished production, um, and or and and those those are the real cases where you're just like, okay. I mean, yeah. the Flash will still apparently come out in theaters next month. Yeah. I've been counting yeah. on that delay for yeah. a year. Yeah. But to your point, yeah, that's like, yeah, for example, James Gunn. I mean, he, you know, and that's the other thing, too, is you have these dual dual hat folks like James Gunn, where he's both the writer and a director. And so but so he is choosing to go the writer's route right now. And and he can't he can't tinker with the Superman legacy script, for example. So, yeah. yeah so even though, you know, he, he's apparently he's apparently finished a draft but if he wants to go back and tinker with it now i mean the writer's skill rules prohibit him from doing so so right. yeah so yeah i mean it, yeah so it's it's like you said the immediate things like for example late night tv shows we saw that immediately you know they all went they they stopped producing this week because they can't the writers are no longer there but yeah but movies and other other tv shows um some of the things that are in pre-production, you know, assuming if it the, if it doesn't go hundred days or or whatever, then um, you know maybe they won't they won't lose too much time. But uh, but things that are currently in it, yeah, you, you can't you can't uh, guild writers can't touch those scripts now. Um, so we'll see what happens. Yep. Okay. So explain to me what happened on the Flash this week. Well, what happened on the Flash this week is we finally got—it's like two weeks in a row now where we've had two good episodes, uh, with the matter, with the exception of like the first maybe five to ten minutes. Well, except for the little part where they teased Eddie at the big or, or a, Eddie Thon or a Thon. I don't know if it's Eddie or if it's someone else that. Yeah, because he doesn't know who Eddie Thon is. Yeah, so I'm think so. Bottom, you know, I'm putting the India episode at the front here this as far as our discussion but this is clearly the adaptation their version of cobalt blue um and in the comics cobalt blue was barry allen's um twin brother that he that barry had no idea about um and um when when henry and nora um 
Hadbury and and in in the comic book it was Malcolm Thon. Um, Malcolm was taken to live with another another family. So uh, and then down the road he discovered that about Barry and all that. Um, so I think in this it seems wait, like wait, this, I'm confused. I'm yeah. confused. I'm gonna have yeah. to explain that again. So yeah. Malcolm Th- who Malcolm Thon is Barry's twin brother in the books. Why is he, his last name Thawn? Because he was so when whenever so the Fawns were were another family in the community, and so when Henry and Nora had their twins, what there was a doctor who uh, delivered the, the the twin Barry and, and and Malcolm. Okay. And the doctor um, gave gave away Malcolm to the Fawns and they had and they raised they they raised the one the one boy as their son and of course Henry and Nora raised Barry playing that in the books as like making logical sense of where where Nora Uh, and Henry are like oh you gave away our (laughs) twin yeah there was a bunch of I can't remember all but it's been a it's, it's been a long time since I read it but I mean this is like a there's I know I'm dropping out a few pieces of it and and you know listeners feel free to fill you know in the comments or whatever fill in the gaps because it's, it's been a while since I like read the whole cobalt blue um timeline but that's just sort of the high level like how you know high level background but of 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 the uh the twin boys uh, I can't remember the motivations of the doctor who like took who took Malcolm away from. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. I well, I'm not even worried about the motivations. I'm more yeah. like, how how do two parents let that happen? Like, what's the uh, like? I don't. The motivations aside, it's just like when you were explaining. I'm like, wait. Yeah. Twin brothers got split up. Okay, but how? And then oh, it's not just that they were switched. At, it was not like they were. No, they're. <laughs> So anyways, so what you're what you're trying to explain to me is that is that this is their adaptation of that story. So in a sense, next week, I should not be surprised if um, this is Bart Allen (laughs) or or like Eddie or this character like he he's not going by Thawne. Because he didn't just, he wasn't just confused by the fir- last name or yeah. the first name. He was confused by both, like the full name. So, yeah. uh, so if you're right, then probably he's Barry Allen or Bart or Allen or Bartholomew yeah. or whatever. So, okay, interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. Because because when you think about it, he was a police. You know, he clearly he was a he was a lab scientist, and so everything yeah. was like yeah, it was yeah. very reminiscent of yeah. like how Barry. Yeah, I I completely understood that. Mm-hmm. I I think um, a lot of this episode is very nostalgic. Like, oh, we're going back to when the Flash was good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. While at the same time, um. Let's just be honest. I'm gonna call it spade a spade. There's really no redemption redeeming this show for me. Um, I'm watching it just to finish it out. Um, and so I'm I'm still sitting here just like, we're doing this again. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, eh, 
Good to see it. And also so random. Like, even for Barry, the character, he even kind of is like, what did I do? How did I get, like, like, I'm, I'm still scratching my Barry and I'm like, I'm like, okay, so, so why are we here? This feels very random after last week's episode to suddenly have this. Um, I'm sure people who have watched the entire season, um, I don't know, maybe maybe it even feels more random for them um, just because it just feels very unrelated. It also felt more like a like a preamble to a series finale, in all honesty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's maybe just because, like, for me, I would want the show to end with what I understand to be, like, his true ending in the books. Um the way uh yeah so i don't know yeah i I mean i like yeah i hear you um i i going into this episode i mean really any episode at this point i i i keep my keep my expectations low (laughs) Mm -hmm. because uh because uh at at this at at, you know at this juncture i mean uh, i I can't expect I don't expect much. Um, and, and this is why this was, you know, especially as we've talked about nostalgia, uh, especially with shows recently, you know, most recently Star Trek Picard uh, and, and, and even Mandalorian uh, to some degree. And, you know, nostalgia for nostalgia's sake um, can be, it can it usually doesn't work out well. Uh, you, you know, you got, if you're going to do the nostalgia, you got to have a story worth supporting bringing back a familiar story or a familiar character and so i felt that this episode like you said i was feeling all kinds of first season vibes once we once we got the bs crap with you know we got to have the contractually obligated scenes with chester and allegra and and joe and cecile and and keone and once we got past that shit and got to the actual episode itself with you know with when you know for reasons Barry gets snapped back into time to the to the day then i i got all kinds of first season vibes from the episode especially when they they pull Eobard Thon into the mix and 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 i was like as the episode was progressing i was like okay we're going to get that night again and i'm really hoping that and if the, and it played out how I was hoping it would. We would see Barry in this current Barry Allen in the room telling season one Barry to like stop, don't do it. And 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 so yeah, we I got that, but also like the way that finally they gave Barry finally got almost closure or he finally accepted. And even he even notes it in the episode that you know, this is a fixed point in time as far as his mother being murdered by Thawne. And he he's finally made peace with that. And and he used it to his advantage when when Thawne was again, you know, trying to thinking he, you know, trying to win the day. And Barry's like, yeah, well, you know. I, this is a fixed point in time. I, I I recognize this now, and you know, so all the all the things that we've been watching over the last eight nine years with the show came to a head for me in this. And to your point, it really did set it up like it was almost like a finale. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I just feel like this whole thing about this being a fixed point in time, didn't we figure that out like in season five? We did. Well, as the viewers, we did, but I think Barry did, still did not. I mean, he did a little bit, well, I guess with Nora, whenever she was trying to also try to save the day and stop the incident from happening. But but uh, I think this was, I think he, it was where he actually articulated it to Thawne. Yeah, I think, no, I, I understand, I understand yeah. that. I just, yeah. like, from a viewer perspective, I hate it when I figure out something and the main character hasn't. Like, well, then we just get to f- watch him repeat the same mistake over and over again. Mm-hmm. That's not fun. Um, so, so that was w- more what I was getting at. Like, ah, I, I just feel like there are so many berries who are coming in and out of that moment and telling each other, "No, no, no, it's a fixed point in time." <laughs> I'm just yeah, like, yeah, I, I remember too? like the first one being like, "Oh, cool," and then the second one, I'm like, "Okay," and then the third one, I'm just like, "Okay, there's way too many things happening." Um, but yeah, I don't, yeah, it was, it was fine. Um, yeah, yeah. It just, I, it, as much as you get season one vibes, there's like a portion of the show where you're just like, but it's still not, (laughs) still not there. Well, like I said, Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really, and it's funny because I was. Um, prior to coming on, I was actually listening to, I randomly put on Kind of Funny's review of um, Far From Home, just randomly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking a lot about A, Spider-Man and all of our discussions about Spider-Man and how, like, so much of that character is, um, he's a very hopeful and optimistic character who is surrounded by loss and grief. Mm -hmm. And like, that's what makes his character compelling. I think Barry Allen um, in DC also represents that, like those two, like Spider-Man and the flash yet. And we get that in season one. And then over time it deteriorates throughout the length of the show. um, Because like, to your point, a few weeks ago, they killed Caitlin for the fourth time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yet she's still technically on the show. Like, they're not committing to these things. Um, and then at the same time, I was thinking a lot about, like, how much Far From Home plays into nostalgia and fan mm-hmm. service. Mm-hmm. And a show like this, in its final run, pun intended... Um, plays a lot into nostalgia and fan service, but as we talked about last week, there's a good way to do it and there's a bad way. And I feel like this is middle of the road. Mm-hmm. Like you get you get some of it, but still you have um, you got the Joe West scene of him being like suddenly the bad guy, but not really. You're like, oh, what? Why? Yeah. You get the. His parents in this episode were just kind of weird to me. I'm just like, you just <laughs> met the kid. Yeah. <laughs> they felt they felt like they were um, playing caricatures from like a 1920s movie. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know, it felt weird. Um, yeah. They just felt like they were in a different movie. 
um, mm-hmm. or a different TV show. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just, <clears throat> there was a lot of it. I do appreciate them not, to your point, going back and forth between what's happening with Barry and everybody else being confused um, in yeah. present day. So, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm glad you brought up the parents because I was, I was going, I was wanting to talk about them as well. And, and, and so the two things about that one, uh, I, I agree with you. And, and I think this is where, you know, with, with the weirdness of, because I, I did have that kind of thing, same, same reaction to you as far as it's like, this, this is, and, and this has been one of the structural issues with this show really since Eric Wallace's tenure is a lot of things are just, they, they don't, ha- he's not a very organic writer or showrunner as far as right. letting uh, letting things organically develop. It was a very, it was a very forced thing having Fawn like punch Barry out in the street. And then, and then we, and then of course Henry and Nora just happen to be there to take him, you know, and he gets Henry just happens to be the doctor that is attending physician in the hospital and stuff. So, you know, those are the structural parts that, yeah, I agree. I, I have, it, it is what it is. I mean, that's just what we get with this show now, but I will say, and to my point, as far as like with Picard as an example of using if you're going to bring characters back, using them in a way to serve the larger story. And I will say that I thought this episode did did a good job of that, especially with Barry finally being able to tell his parents once and for all, not that flashpoint that we saw in season three, but this verse, this time really telling them if I had one day to spend with you. And this is the last time we'll ever get to do it. I'm going to do it right. And I thought that this, that, that the episode was effective. Even though it was inartfully set up, I thought it was effective in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, we'll see yeah. how it all turns out yeah. in the part two. Thoughts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Part two or part like I don't I don't know yeah. like we're yeah. part two and we'll we'll see if this runs throughout the rest of the season to wrap it up or or not because um, the showrunner also loves his. This is season A or part season nine, part A. This is part B. And yeah. 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 Eric Waltz really did lose me on the show. <laughs> like, yeah. What are people doing here, people? What yeah, are you yeah. doing here? Yeah. Um, yeah. For sure. For sure. I'm right. hoping. Yeah. I'm hoping that it will end. It will end strong. I mean, it was a good start. And, and, but we've had good starts with this, with this current regime and it it fizzles out so but i i'm hopeful that they will it'll it'll finish strong yeah um one show that i do know what's going on um to a detriment is superman and lois because oh my god another predictable twist that i'm so mad at myself i didn't say anything last week because i thought (laughs) but i totally had that going on in the back of my head i was just like yeah, yeah, this kid is definitely Mannheim's son. And also, <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. I don't buy it. There it's just 
it does not add up to me of how Mannheim can not only have a secret wife, but a secret son, too, that Lois knew nothing about. Like, Clark, okay, maybe. He's Kryptonian. And, you know, they're kind of, like, mid on <laughs> but Lois should know. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you keep that a secret from investigator journalists? Like, yeah, yeah. I, it just it doesn't line up. And the way they kind of brush that aside, I was like, I knew you weren't gonna give a good explanation for how she didn't know. <sighs> but that's all this episode was. And I'm just <laughs> like. You told the viewers, you confirmed it for the viewers at the end of last week's episode. She saw the hint. So now we're going to waste another 40 minutes while they're just like verifying. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, this episode definitely was like, it was the uh, Bruno Pia episode for sure. Oh my God. Their their backstory. We We got their backstory this week. Did we? We we got like random clips of different yeah. moments. Yeah, I'll have to say this episode. I I I was I will freely admit I it, it I was just kind of not fully engaged with this one. It just did not. It did not work for me. Uh, like to your point, because I think it's like they're repeating the same boat note over. They're dragging this point out and 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 as sarah your 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 voice was ringing in my head like no one should figure this out (laughs) yeah yeah like she should have figured this out years before the show even started yeah (laughs) yeah because you can only yeah because i was like well okay you know she can't she's been you know she's sick now and she has and all so i can understand but you're right i mean bruno Mannheim has been yeah, they, they make and they made up, and I guess they undercut themselves in this because they even make the point that he has been a known entity in, in Metropolis for for years, as far as his, his his enterprise, and they've been investigating him. So, any yeah, I mean, hell, just a simple Google search, you could have found this. Yeah, yeah, no, see, and that was what makes me mad and kind of like I'm not letting this go. I'm being stubborn about this because it. The writers did not, they set it up and um, to make it seem like Lois, I remember even says like, this is my white whale. I've been chasing Mm -hmm. this one. It's like, okay, that the implications are there that you've known him, have been looking into him for years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You didn't look into his, like, it just, it doesn't make sense. Um, and it's hard because yeah. on Respect. one hand, they're making all these mistakes. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I really do like the scene between Mannheim and Clark yeah. because you can you can see what the conflict mm-hmm. and um, we have a villain, but a villain who is not. I want all the money in the world. (laughs) I want power. No, he's trying to save his wife at all costs. And and they place both of them in the same situation. And so now the dilemma is for Clark. Like, is what what is the limit? I mean, Lois is the love of his life. Mm -hmm. 
the mother of kids, mm-hmm. like how, what is he willing to do to make sure she survives? And this right. isn't like, let me protect you from something. No, let me cure you. Like, it's a very, it's very interesting. They just like, but around it, there's so much nonsense that is it, like, that's another reason why this makes me so angry is because I'm like, this could be so good and you're yeah. ruining it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, you, you, you make a good point because yeah, especially given that, because even they go through the links that, that of showing us you know, that, 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 that was a, that was a standout moment for the episode as far as Bruno and Clark talking and but but it's undercut because okay he here's a man who has done all these philanthropic things you know, and they make a point about Bruno talking about how you know he's going to take care of the South Side and, and 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 so again like I said a simple Google search she Lois should have known that that he has a wife and a kid and right. and, and because he's probably out there doing ribbon cuttings and doing a lot of public events and stuff and and. So, I mean, unless, you know, only thing I could, unless she just got sick right around the time he was also having to rise to prominence and then she just took a very back, back door to things. I mean, that's, but, you know, but I don't know. That's just, that just, that just seems kind of like crazy plot armor. I don't know. Well, especially because they have a, a kid the same age as Jonathan Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So there you go. Yeah. You know, I I have been thinking about this um, because ever since our discussion last week about the kids storyline and how it's not working because it's not servicing the plot. And and they tried it this week because they focused on the boys being more upset, especially Jonathan, Mm -hmm. with his anger on the situation because it, it only further rubs that salt in the wound of... I'm more like my mom than my dad. Yeah. Um, and and this is something like not even he can save me from if he can't save her from it. So or protect her from it. So it's um, I, I like that to an extent. But I kept thinking, I'm like. How, you know, I almost wish that they would have um, not given Lois the cancer, but given Jonathan the cancer. Hmm. Because then you have you you have pretty much the same dilemma for Clark. Yeah. And on top of that, you have a better conflict or a better dilemma for Jordan. Yeah. Especially as he's coming into his own with the powers. And then that way you can you can have um, a more cohesive story, mm-hmm. even though I totally understand why they went with Lois. Um, I just, I just am very curious about what, what more they could have done with the, the family dynamic had it been Jonathan as opposed to Lois. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's a very good point. I mean, you know, especially cause then you have, cause this is not only would you have Clark having to deal with, you know, being a parent and, and this happening to mm-hmm. your child. And then you have, and then I guess the, the, where I guess Jonathan, I guess where the role Jonathan's playing now, Lois maybe would be that person playing the role of the anger. And like, you have all this Kryptonian technology and on a, on a, on one level, I get it. We can't use it because if it falls into the wrong hands, 
all hell is going to break loose. But then, but then as a parent, you know, then that would, you know, there's a, that whole other level of like, we got to save our kid. So yeah, uh, yeah, you, you would, you would have them, but, but it, it, it would be such a more complicated issue because yeah. technically they should have that same dilemma right now. Because mm-hmm. she is the one who's like, I'm going to yeah. die if you don't do yeah. something. Yeah. Um, but but it doesn't seem like they're playing that card. Um, and this whole thing about the Kryptonian technology, just I, I went right back to Wakanda forever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's definitely it's a, it's a well-worn trope as far as like super super beings and their tech or super technology and having access to it. And, and we're just not <laughs> society. Current society is not capable of handling it. <laughs> it is interesting though, because Mannheim isn't necessarily trying to find the technology, but he's just after Superman's blood. Yeah. Because for all intents and purposes. Oh, this is another thing I forgot to talk about last week. Um, I do think this is my next prediction because mm-hmm. this show, um, I think Mannheim is going to end up going after Jordan because Jordan's blood is a mix of human and mm-hmm. Kryptonian. Yeah. And, and, and it's, um, whatever, whatever trait his blood possesses that allows him to also have the powers mm-hmm. that Jonathan doesn't. Yeah, I think that's what um, because because at the end of last week's episode, there was that showdown. Yep. Um, and there was recognition there. And so I think I think he, he's going to pivot, um, especially if he's smarter than Lois and puts together <laughs> some yeah. of these pieces. <laughs> um, or we, there's been a lot of implications about Jordan flying around without masks. Yeah, um, yeah. So that might lead Mannheim to him. That's a, that's that's not a bad theory. Um, that um, Jordan could be the next target, um, or 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 Mannheim and Lex come up with, especially come up with. This is where they would team up um, because you know obviously Mannheim's ends and it is different from Lex Luthor's, and but they the common thing that they would definitely have is the their hatred towards superman so um so that that and i know and 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 lex is that is the lurking out there and he's supposed to show up at some point this season so uh, that could be a way that they would integrate that especially given that uh, we also i'm glad you brought that scene up because uh with 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 jordan because we also learned that he is he is uh doesn't have the same weakness of as far as kryptonite yeah yeah which which again, they're they're doing some things there, in amidst the nonsense. Again, there's a lot of good happening. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh. yeah. It's <laughs> Sometimes just that one. <laughs> I just get, I I just remember the bad stuff, and then I forget. Like, oh, what about this part? What about this part? Um, but uh, they did something else that made me think about something. But but yeah, I I. I keep forgetting Lex is going to appear, but then in the episode, 
somebody will mention him and I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, that's right. Will keeps telling me he's going to appear at some point. Yeah. I'm not too excited about that. Um, I'm more just trying to for them to figure out really what where, where they're going with this. Um, and also just what to do with the Lang storyline. Um, because, man, what, yeah. this show does not need divorce divorcee drama happening and <laughs> and with a teenage girl who i swear like within the span of two minutes can become like like a good character and then an awful character and i'm like no yeah <laughs> she's a teenage girl she doesn't have like bipolar syndrome yeah 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 i yeah i yeah i agree with you the, the whole sarah uh cow lana thing just, just you know if we're gonna have this okay everybody moves on Kyle and, and Chrissy do their thing you know go ahead and just can we just go ahead and just ship John Henry and Lana I mean thank you why are they focusing <laughs> on Kyle like I mean there's more chemistry with Lana and um John Henry granted there's not as much chemistry as there was with John Henry and Lois okay I'm okay. just saying a lot yeah. of chemistry um, but there's still more there. Yeah. Um, but and 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 a part of me is irritated because there's chemistry, but it's also like so clear and mm-hmm. so perfect that I'm just like, how how are they gonna mess this up? So there's like a real yeah. real uh I don't know, tug of war. Like mm-hmm. like you want a little you want you want there to be a push and a pull, and there's just too much like one or the other. Like I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, but you're right with with, with Sarah, uh, Yeah, you're right with Sarah. The character they um they they, they, they each week is just like just so like so many of you know swings of the pendulum as far as how she's dealing with stuff and and i was just like well you know whenever she first saw chrissy and 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 was all like catty and and stuff i was just like okay i get it um but you're right it's just sort of like okay this is like the c story in this week that maybe it could have like push that off to another week or something like that, that where, where it would fit better. I don't know. This doesn't seem to fit right this week. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because it's coming from like the same person who like talked ill of her mom's relationship with her father. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, just the other week. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. But no, it's, 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 it's doing something like, like, I get mad because I know the writing is there. Mm-hmm. And and so when it doesn't live up to its full potential or it makes these mistakes, I'm just like, no, I'm going to call you out because I have to hold you accountable for these writing sins. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You have to. You have to do it. You okay. Season yep. two. We're not in season two anymore. We're in season three. Um. And 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 they they do have a very good foundation for this season. Mm-hmm. I just also wish I would stop predicting things that end up happening. <laughs> I'm just I'm tired of it. Um, <laughs> I I want I want to be 
I will, I want to be surprised by by some of these angles. And right now, everyone's just playing into the characters that they've been written into, and it's just yep. it's it's not. But but we'll see. We got we got a ways to go with the season um, yep. before it concludes. Yeah. Um, you were telling me that you um, checked out on Netflix the uh, Diplomat, right? Yeah, yeah. How's I start that? so far so good. I, I've only watched uh, two episodes, um, but uh, I'm really, really, really enjoying it. And so, and I saw where it did get renewed this week. So there will be a season two uh, in, in the future, but. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's it's a really it's a really good show, and um, and I'm, I I just gotta just find some time to finish it. <laughs> but uh, yeah. but yeah, I, but I am I am enjoying it, and, and and I've seen you know people who have finished it, uh, uh, people who normally don't like that I know um, normally don't talk much about TV shows and stuff. They were like. You know, he, you know, at work and everything. They're like, "Oh, you gotta watch the Diplomat." This, the endings is so, uh, you know, I, I don't gasp at endings of TV shows, but this one actually made me do it. I was like, "Okay, shut up! I don't want to get spoiled, but I better like finish it up before I do." <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Um, the uh, Succession. Mm-hmm. It's it's strong. It's this past week's episode not as good as the previous two weeks, but my those two episodes were really good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, um, the, freaking the um, I forget her name, but the the girl who plays the daughter Sid um, mm-hmm. on the show, my God, that actress. If Zendaya, if like this writer strikes disrupts Euphoria, oh, then yeah. she's gonna get the Emmy and not Zendaya. Huh. <laughs> but I, I mark my words, people. As long as Euphoria is in production, Zendaya is always getting the Emmy. <laughs> 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 Unless that show takes a horrible turn, but my God, I don't know what'll happen, but. Um, yeah, I was just very impressed by that. Um, and also as, as most listeners are anxious to hear about Vanderpump rules. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. The, I still don't know. I see. Here's the conundrum. Like every, all viewers are at right now is you hear from the cast Mm -hmm. that, None of these episodes that we are watching have been edited post-scandal, right? Mm-hmm. And yet you're watching it and you're just like, no, no. It's it's very obvious what's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> so why, how were these not edited? Like, because apparently no one knew until a video leaked. But mm. but there's also been a lot of talk that people knew about the cheating or were suspicious about the cheating. And so really that's what we're seeing right now is a lot of the suspicion start. Mm-hmm. But then the timeline is all screwed up because they're talking about a party that happened in Labor Day. And and then other people are talking about suspicion starting in January, and then the actual scandal broke out in March. 
like, what the heck? But at the end of the day, you know that Tom Sandoval is just like complete asshole. <laughs> because, I mean, Ariana, like, he he basically hooked up with Raquel mm-hmm. um, on the day her grandma died. Um, and she was dealing with that and so wasn't around. Um, yeah. And and Ariana and also another potential hookup on when um, Ariana's um, dog died. So while Ariana has last year was dealing with like death and tragedy after death and tragedy. Her boyfriend of almost 10 years was sneaking around her back with a supposed friend of hers who at the same time was comforting her and also like you like basically Ariana was the big sister to her. Like huh. this is why this scandal is just so mind-blowing is because you're just like are we sure there's no writers writing this? <laughs> because like you're like a real person wouldn't actually do this on uh, national television. No, no, no. They they do. They are that um that I don't know even the words to say, say what they are like how that despicable of people. But wow. Makes for really good TV cuz it's, it's, it's like what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it. It sounds like it. I mean, I keep thinking, and I'm sure a lot of viewers and even cast members are just like, what if only there was a way to be able to watch this season from start to finish without knowing what we know mm. and seeing how our response would have been to everything without knowing what we know because it's now all clouded yeah so you don't know like oh you it's easy to say now it's so obvious but would you have thought that had you not known Mm. like how obvious would it have been Mm. so yeah 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 and that's and um and and I just want to make it clear that's why it's su- such compelling TV is because you you're 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 living out something through like hindsight. It's just it's just so weird. I've never had this kind of experience before. Oh wow! Um, and I think it can only be achieved via reality TV. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's just. It's just a crazy experience. And I know a lot of people are like now jumping on the show and then even talking about going back to previous seasons because like this is there's a timeline there and there um apparently the writers or the producers put out a cheat sheet of like leading up to the reunion. Go back and watch these episodes. And we're talking episodes from season two and three. And I know exactly which ones they're talking about. <laughs> As a longtime viewer, you know this this shit is like it runs deep. Like we're not talking like, yeah, right now there's a scandal, but if you really do your research, there's like this web, and you're just like, my God. Wow. <laughs> How did this happen? Yeah, but anyways. Um, oh. Well, you, uh, you'll you'll have to share. You, you need to share the um, 
cheat sheet. So for 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 uh, folks who who who've heard you talk about this and interested now, you, you, we need we need to make sure that they they know which key episodes to watch to help them. Like I will I will I will tell you okay. like what to watch. Like and I'm not going to do episode by episode. I'm going to tell you season two and season three. Okay. Just those the season two is the is when is when Ariane is first on the show. Okay. That's all I'll say. Season three. Yeah, but just season two, season three, and then jump to current season. There you okay. go. I mean, who cares about Raquel? This is all about Tom and Ariana, okay? <laughs> <laughs> because he, you get, I forget when Raquel comes on. Raquel comes on, I think... In season four, no, not season season five. I think she comes on in season five, but but no, season two and season three. And people who have watched the show know exactly why I'm saying those two seasons because this is the start, the start of Tom and Ariana, and then and you want to watch that and understand the complexities about that. Fast forward to the end of Tom and Ariana, and it's just, it's mind-blowing. <laughs> it's so good. It's just like, what? And so I think, I get so confused about this because people have already seen the season finale trailer. Mm-hmm. Yet, the what, what I saw last night looked more like, on next week's episode, this happens. So I don't know if we have two more regular episodes, but within the next two weeks or three weeks, we're going to get the like first episode of the three part reunion, which everyone is waiting for. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, uh, speaking of the Vanderpumpers, I saw where Lisa, Lisa's restaurant's closing. Uh, Pump. Yeah, one of her restaurants. Yeah, one of her restaurants. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I guess I know the third. I guess is still what was the other one, right? Well, oh, she has like five. Okay. Will, okay. Like, like I appreciate your attempt, but I know. Yeah, I, I know. I, hey, I just, I just know this Bravo world. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I I watch, I watch a few things on Bravo, but yeah, I just, just trying to. No. <laughs> yeah, just trying to like chime in where I can. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. No, no, it's good. But yeah, yeah. Um, but like, I think maybe only two cast members work at the restaurants, and then okay. you got other restaurants happening. You got you got Tom and Sandy's, Tom and Tom, and then something about her which isn't yet open. And yeah, there there's a lot. But it's funny. There's a lot of people who are talking about how 90% of the cast don't technically work at Sir anymore. Mm. And you would think, oh, they would just rotate in new cast members. But part of the reason why this show has become what it is is because of the cast members who started it, which ironically, technically only two huh. are from the original season. Mm. <laughs> Um, and that's Tom and um, Sheena. Well, no, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I misspoke. Three. Because okay. Tom um, Schwartz was mm-hmm. not a main cast member until, like, third season. Okay. 
You only count main cast members when they sit through an entire reunion. Like, that's when you're really a part of the cast. Ah, okay. Um, Because Shorts was around, but yeah. Anyways, um, I just (laughs) want to give an update on that. Um, Thanks for, yeah. 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 Awesome. And and, uh, Going 17 still is just so much fun to watch on YouTube for free. Yeah, but anyways, on that note, Will, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yes, uh, uh, be sure to uh, check me out on Twitter at Will M. Polk, W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. I stand with uh, WGA and looking forward to talking Guardians with Sarah next week. And you can find me at SJ Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew at Cena Nerd. Friend us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and visit our website, www.cenanerdpodcasts.com. But most importantly, rate, follow, and comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you hear podcasts. Good night, geek out. You're welcome. Bye.